Welcome to Tell Me About It on WUFT 89.1 and 90.1. I'm Sue Wagner here today with two members of the community. They're working on a brand new podcast. The name is Shows and Tell. And Michael Blatchley is the former director of performing arts here at the University of Florida. And David Sturt is the former editor of Gator Bait Magazine. But the two have in common a shared passion for music, music aficionados, both of them. And David, how did this come to be? Well, I've known Michael for many years since he's been in the community, and so when we spend time together, we'll talk about our past and what we've done professionally. And his background, as I hear stories over and over again about the different performers he's worked with over the years, I thought I knew a lot about music from concert going and ballet or opera, whatever I'd been to over the years. But Michael's coming up with stories that were fascinating, and I thought, Michael, this is something that needs to be out in the community. They need to hear about your 60 years in the industry. And so I said, let's get together and find a way to give the stories back to the public. That sounds good. And Michael, how did this come about? Following what David suggested, I realized that of all the concerts I've done, which are in the thousands, people know the artists from being in the seats in the house, recordings they may have purchased, or having seen them in some form of media, but never have they seen the backstory, or rarely. For a while, there were some programs that emphasized artists' history getting to where they are. But a lot of what is interesting is what happens between the time an artist arrives at the hall, gets on stage, performs, and then leaves the stage to leave the building. Those stories are rich and interesting and vibrant, and I thought we can tell some of those stories that people would be interested in that they've never seen or heard. And you were, you talked about um, being at all of these concerts. So what you have kind of a vast experience level with various venues? Venues going from small concert bars, uh, Colorado State University that seated about 200, to stadiums, including Hughes Stadium at Colorado State University that seats 40,000, Nayland Stadium at the University of Tennessee that seats at 100,000. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> and then in between, uh, performing arts halls, the Phillips Center for Performing Arts at the University of Florida, se- uh, 1,700 seats, Royce Hall at UCLA, 1,852 seats, 17 different venues in Los Angeles uh, that ranged everywhere from if you have a living room large enough, I will bring a fiddle player <laughs> to um, the resurgence of Royce Hall after the Northridge earthquake, which was a stellar evening of Stevie Wonder, Carol Burnett, John Lithgow, Paul Simon, Don Henley, on and on. So the range is broad and, at least to my ears and eyes, um, fun to tell about. You've also had some international experience as well, haven't you? I've traveled extensively from the vantage point of trying to explore arts. People tend to think of classical music in our world as the Western European model, but there's classical music coming out of India, coming out of the Pacific Rim coming out of cultures where the instruments are unique to that culture. And the classical music is a rendering that's very different from what we think of with an orchestral or a chamber quartet. So was able to travel to Israel, to Russia, to Korea, to Japan, obviously to Mexico, not obviously, but with ease to Mexico, to Canada, and then began to explore the world 
through the arts as we've become more and more divisive, and I'll use that word loosely, it occurred to me that we can learn more about people at the proscenium arch of a theater than we can in a political debate because the proscenium arch presents the culture. It presents the color, the texture, the tones, the flavor of a culture, not just the political environment of that culture and believe strongly that we are better off as a world community if we learn to exist alongside one another, and we do that through the arts. And a classic example is what's happened with the recent uh, explosion of Celtic music, which has become almost um, overused, but it's so accessible, and it's generated so many artists that we now have a very comfortable feeling about about Wales, about Ireland, about England, about Scotland, all through the music. That's amazing. And you came up with the title, Shows and Tell. And how did that come about, David? Well, we worked a little bit, you know, brainstormed. And all of a sudden, we were talking about, it's really the backstories that I'm looking for here. And with Michael, he has so many stories I like to think my strength is research as a journalist and getting prepared so that when he tells a story, I have some sense of what's going on. And I, I thought, you know, Mike's going to tell these things. He's talking about shows. And the best way is to get behind and let's find out what goes on behind the scenes and how he got to where he is going with these stories. I mean, he's had all these events uh, and shows and shows and shows, literally thousands of shows he has done. That is what was so fascinating. And so the idea that we can have him talk about intimate stories, and Michael loves to tell stories. Uh, he's very good at it. And so I try to f make sure I can find something that is back there that sets him off to tell us a little more than he might tell in the normal story. And I sort of like to work as an investigative journalist to get Michael to deliver something that is interesting and humorous, and it becomes very entertaining as we go along. Well, Shows and Tell is definitely a perfect name for this potential podcast. When David came up with the name, and it is his, we had come up and brainstormed about a half a dozen or so names, and I sent it out to my three adult sons, and David's wife and my wife, and we let everybody vote. And we came up with a couple of topics. Then David came up with shows and tell, did the same thing, sent it around, and I will speak for my family, it was unanimous. I've got a son in the film industry in Los Angeles, I've got one working in sports in Dallas, and I've got one that was with Snapchat who's now living in St. Pete. And all of us went, that's it, take it, that's the one, and here we are. Wow, that's amazing. So um, you've been working on this for a little while now? A uh, couple months. You know, had the idea. Uh, the technical side was the biggest problem initially. How were we going to get a test podcast put together? Uh, I have almost no technological skills. And uh, so we set up a microphone in my office. Uh, we did some practice sessions videoing, went over those to figure out, you know, okay, what can we use? What can't we use? How do we need to condense this? Because we talked for hours, literally, and then honed it down to, okay, this would be a good element to use. Uh, the stories, 
that we picked out initially were ones where we thought they'd be people who people were familiar with. And, uh, and the idea is to go and stretch this out to find a wide array of artists. But initially, we want people, obviously, to be familiar with the people Michael's going to be talking about. And so we honed it down to getting a couple podcasts ready uh, with some familiar names. Well, that's great. Well, we're going to come back in just a few minutes, and then we'll talk about some of the content that you've created for these individual podcast episodes, the artists that are featured, and uh, just in general, more info on your plans for the show. So this is Michael Blatchley and David Sturt. They're here with Shows and Tells, and you're listening to WUFT 89.1, 90.1. Tell Me About It is going to be back in just a few minutes. Welcome back to Tell Me About It on WUFT 89.1 and 90.1. I'm Sue Wagner here today with two members of our broadcast community, our arts community. It is Michael Blatchley and David Sturt, and they're creating a new podcast called Shows and Tell, which is a wonderful name for a feature of performers that they've encountered over the years, great stories. And like, how did you get started with this podcast? I mean, was this a way to help Michael share the knowledge of his multi-year career? Absolutely. And in order for me to get ready to do it, I did a lot of research on Michael and his career and wanted to hear the stories because I knew once we found out where he had been and what he had done, then the stories would come out from each of those venues and all of the different things he had done. And so Really, with him, it became a biographical-type situation where I said, let's start at the beginning. Where did this all happen for you? And that's how we introduced the show. And I have Michael, and I take him back to 1964. And uh, a seminal moment for him on realizing his epiphany that this is what he wanted to do, and, and Michael can tell you about that. I grew up in Denver, Colorado and had been booking local bands as I was in high school. And it was pretty simple. You know members of the band, you find a high school that's having a dance, and you suggest that this band could be good for the dance. And lo and behold, they are, and you get $125 for them to play for three hours. And everybody loved it. August 26, 1964, I'm a junior in high school, uh, going into my senior year. And I had the great privilege of attending the Beatles concert at Red Rocks in Morrison, Colorado, an iconic venue. Nice, yeah. And as I was watching that particular performance, and they had opening acts, they had, um, the Righteous Brothers, a number of different groups ahead of them. But when the Beatles came on, and their program at that point in their time was 35 minutes, which for people there was enough because everybody was screaming at the top of their lungs and they were going to be hoarse the next day anyway. So I'm watching it and I'm thinking, you know, somebody put this together. Somebody got them from Liverpool to come to New York. This was after they'd been seen on the Ed Sullivan Show that previous February. Nonetheless, they're going across the country and they're stopping in these very iconic places. place right before Red Rocks was the Hollywood Bowl. And they're performing and I thought, Somebody made this happen. Somebody found a way to develop a route. And with that route, 
found halls, took the liberty of booking the halls, and then presented them across the country. And I thought, I want to do that. If they can do it, I can do it. And that began a journey that is now um, from 1964 to 2023, a legacy of my life. Wow. Well, what are some of your favorites of all the podcasts you've recorded so far, the episodes that you've had? One of the favorites is a comedian by the name of Steve Martin, who also... Wild and crazy guy. Wild and crazy guy, also a phenomenal banjo player. And I had the benefit of presenting Steve in a concert bar at Colorado State University called the Ram Skeller, because they're the Colorado State University Rams, and we all figure that's how names are (laughs) melted into the society. And it was Halloween night, and Steve at that point in his career was wearing a white suit and had an arrow through his head as a prop. (laughs) Well, midway through the show, which was completely sold out, 200 seats, not hard to do, Colorado State, there were entrances to the bar from the building and then ones from outside. Steve decided to take the audience of 200 on a Halloween parade, opened the door, and he became the Pied Piper, walking out as it's snowing, and the entire audience leave their beer. And At that point in Colorado, you could drink beer when you were 18, and that's all they had was beer and sodas, but they just left them on the tables. They start walking after Steve, And I turned to one of the staff members who we had managing the bar, and I said, we're in trouble. And he said, well, what do you mean? We've sold out. This is good. Look, I said, we have no idea who was in the room when he decided to take them out on this walk. We don't know if he's going to come back, if he's going to take them down College (laughs) Avenue. We have no idea where they're going. Plus, there were a number of people outside waiting to get in, but it was sold out. And they're still sort of hovering around outside. How do we know who was here and who wasn't? Steve gets them back, brings them in. As they take their seats, so do all of the people enter who had just been standing around outside. So we had audience members, students primarily, standing in the aisles, leaning over the tables. Uh, Waiters couldn't get through. Waitstaff couldn't get through to make services on. The bottom line of this is we dodged a bullet because the fire marshal decided this might be worth a time to check in. We probably had 300 people in a 200-seat venue with beer being sold and sodas being sold, and Steve Martin playing his banjo to the best of his ability, which is actually quite good. He's won Emmy Awards for that, actually, or Grammy Awards. Well, he also now tours with uh, the Steep Steep Canyon Rangers, my apologies, and when the Steep Canyon Rangers go out, they're affordable. When they go out with Steve Martin, it immediately becomes a very <laughs> expensive evening. Uh, and Steve Martin is a legendary artist, performer, talent, brilliant. He began his career as a writer for the Smothers Brothers, for Glenn Campbell. Um, shows at that point, which were their own beginning to careers of musical artists on television. And he's followed that path, and we were there at the beginning uh, hosting a Halloween parade around the Colorado State University Little campus. Little did you know. <laughs> Little did I know. And if I'd have had any sense of my wherewithal, I would have probably said, this is probably the time for me to stop because I'm not sure I can control artists if this is what's going to happen. And from then on, it's been great. But that was one of the, the first um, wonderful experiences that still sticks out in my mind. 
your first challenge. That's great. I mean, this is wonderful. I can see this podcast is really going to appeal to people who want the backstory. You know, they just want to, don't want to hear about the things you hear about in every other media. So I love the story about Steve uh, Steve Martin. He's done some crazy things in Gainesville, too. I've heard all of those stories as well. Probably you have, David, as well. So we're, we're getting close to kind of the end of our episode right here. But is there one more quick one you can tell us that's being featured in one of those episodes? Well, uh, quickly, I would say your concert with uh, Bob Dylan and the Rolling Thunder Tour. At Colorado State University, after going different places, I returned back there to work in, in Hughes Stadium, the football stadium. We had done uh, three concerts during a particular summer. We had Chicago and the Beach Boys with Elton John. We had um, the Rolling Stones, and we had Rolling Thunder Review, Bob Dylan's performance with all sorts of guest artists. And as can happen in Colorado, rarely, but it does, there were thunderstorms massive thunderstorms two days before, so the Rolling Thunder Review became known as Hard Rain. And all I can say, and you have to find the podcast to learn the rest, is I had to replace an entire football field from having thousands of people tromping through it in the mud and uh, forklifts shooting uh, four-by-eight sheets of plywood into the field as they were trying to lift them off of the field because they couldn't get any traction. The rest can become history. (laughs) That's wonderful. So how many episodes have you recorded so far? We've put together two full episodes. uh, Trying to still figure out the length in terms Mm -hmm. of format. What works the best? Is it a 20-minute episode? Well, then we have four of them. If it's a 40-minute episode, we have two of them. But uh, I have done the research. Michael knows that uh, he supplies me with names. And I've done a lot of research, so we have tons of topics to get ready and record. David has done incredible research. He's brought up things that I would not have thought of to help uh, the foundation of the stories. That's great. Well, we can't wait till we can hear more about shows and tells. So I want to say thank you to Michael Blatchley. Thank you. Thank you, David Sturt. And uh, stay tuned, everyone. We'll have more to report in the future. Thanks for having us. That was Michael Blatchley and David Sturt from the Shows and Tells podcast on today's edition of Tell Me About It. To listen to previous episodes of the show, go online at wuft.org slash tellmeaboutit or on the WUFT media app. I'm Sue Wagner on Tell Me About It on WUFT. WUFT.